And the good news is that you're in a good place. And that you're in the right place. And you made a wise choice this morning to come to K Chapel worship service. I'm reminded of when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a high mountain. And while there, they saw the glory of Jesus as his body was transformed. And Peter, outspoken as he usually was, said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I say to you this morning, it is good for us to be here. Won't you join us as we worship the Lord through song, prayer, and the preached word? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we assemble ourselves here in the safety of your divine presence, we thank you, dear Lord, for the fellowship of kindred spirits. May the worship service be a blessing to those who are present and those beyond these hallowed walls. We, your people, have come today before your presence needing a word of inspiration, direction, healing, and comfort. Please, dear Lord, speak and move upon us. Forgive our sins, save souls, strengthen our lives, be with us and give us hearts to obey you, that we would prosper and be a blessing to others. May the words of our, may the works of our hands and the words of our mouth magnify you in this hour. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Now the minister of worship and the sensational. Praise the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Simple song says, you're all I need. Let your river flow. Here we go. You're all. You're all I need. Every breath. Every breath.
Let us pray, church. Most gracious and solemn God, giver of all things on this side of the earth. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to have such a beautiful morning. And this morning, Father, we thank you for those who arrive and those who are on their way. We ask this morning, Father, as we continue to walk through this worship service, that you stay with us. Be with us in a mighty way that we continue to do things that are pleasing in your sight. And Father, we ask that you watch over everyone who are here in this place today. Every church that's open in your name, bless them. Continue to keep your angels around us, Father, as we go and, go, go and come. And at the end of this service, Father, that you continue to walk with us and stay with us. We ask this morning, Father, as we continue to worship, that you watch over our pastor and all those who have come here to receive a word. That once they receive that word, they utilize in ways that will benefit someone beside them. That they will be willing to say, here I am, Father use me. We thank you for the things you continue to do and the things you continue to do for our families. Bless our church and bless all those who are here to receive something from you. We ask your blessing in the Son of Jesus' name we do pray. Every heart say amen. amen. Good morning, church. We ask that you would please lend your voices this morning and help us, help us sing, Come and Go to That Land. Come and go to that land. Come and go. Where 
morning, church. Good morning, church. Our scripture this morning is coming from 1 Peter, fourth chapter, fourth chapter, the tenth verse. And it reads, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. May the Lord leave a blessing to the readers and hearers and the doers of his most holy word. bow our heads for another word of prayer, please. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, in the presence of your Holy Spirit, we come with bowed heads and with humble hearts, come thanking you, Father God, for just allowing us to be here. Father, we pray a special blessing on those who in morning stage this this morning we we've lost some two special people of this board and father I'm, I'm just praying for their families that that they be blessed and that they show courage and strength in these days for father God this is a journey that we that we all have to take and prepare for but this is where we begin the journey by praising you and acknowledging Father God that you are God and it's been said that you won't put any more of us than we can bear but Father sometimes the, the load gets a little heavy and sometimes the burden has us down on our bending knees but Father God we, 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 we realize that we've we got a burden bearer we got a, a heavy load carrier. And, 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 and Father God, we know that, that, that your son Jesus is that burden bearer. We know, we, know, we know that that Holy Spirit is there to guide and direct us. We know, that, we know that you've said in your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Father God, sometimes when I, when I look around in the community and I see all our young men and, and, and all our young people being destroyed by, by drugs and by, by violence. I just can't help Father God but wonder sometimes, where are you? But I know, Father God, that you've got to have a reason. And I, maybe our reason is that we as Christians are just not doing our job. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're just not obeying your word when you, when you say, when your people will turn from their wicked ways. Have mercy, God. Maybe we're just, maybe we're just not. Maybe we're just not acknowledge that you are God. Maybe, maybe Father God, we just don't have that trust in you. We sing that song, Father God, that I'll trust in the Lord. But Father God, through your Holy Spirit, teach us how to trust and depend on you. No matter how hard the way get, no matter how long and treacherous the journey get. Teach us how to follow your will. Bless, Father God, those in hospital rooms all over this world. Not just in this church, Father God, but, but bless all who call upon your name in the name of your son, Jesus. 
Father, we realize that as we stand bowed before you, that each one of us has different problems. Touch, Father God, each one of us, and then bring us together collectively, Father God, as a, as a church praying group that we can pray one for another. That if I'm leaning, then I've got my church family to lean on. If I'm in need, then I've got my church family to depend on. Bless the pastor and his family. Bless the deacon board. Bless the members of this church, Father God, as, they, as we go about our will for your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our responsive reading, please. Compassionate God, have mercy on us, we pray. Let us examine ourselves, our thoughts, our actions, our motives, and our attitudes toward others. living God, we stand in need of your grace, strength, and mercy as we eat the bread which represents your body, which is the true and living bread. Open our eyes to recognize the intimacy that you yearn to share with us. Tender Father, may your great sacrifice of redeeming love renew us for loving service and sacrifice for others. All together, abide in us, Savior and Redeemer. Fill us with the life-giving power of your Spirit, now and forever. Good morning, K Chapel. Would you help us with the next congregational hymn, please?
Kentucky Chapel. The Children's Sunday School Department will hold Black History Program practices here at Cade on the next Tuesday and Thursday, January the 27th and 30th. Please make plans to join our program on February the 2nd. The pageant ministry is accepting applicants for the 2020 Senior and Junior Miss Kate Chapel. Applicants must be between the ages of 9 and 19 and meet the outline criteria. The pageant will be held on Sunday, February the 23rd at 3 p.m. here at Cade. For more information, please see Sister Lenita Ballou and Sister Valtricia Austin. The Cade Chapel Mission Ministries Old School Review will take place on February the 28th at 7 p.m. in the Willie Wright Center Gym. Even if you're too young to relate to names like Smokey Robinson and the Miracles or Diana Ross and the Supremes or Teddy Pendergrass, you'd still like to be a part of this event so you can experience what music culture was like back in the day. And we'll give you an opportunity to sign up starting today. Drop by the Old Fellowship Hall between the 8 and the 11 o'clock worship services. And just a hint, singing's not really required, but you gotta have some moves to be a part of this show. So we look forward to having you wow the audience with your choreography. Join us on February the 28th for this family fun-filled event. For more information, please contact Sister Frances Moody at 601-862-5015. Just in case you missed your opportunity last week, it is Girl Scout cookie time. See any Girl Scout or troop leader and place your order on today. Attention parents and youth between the ages of 9 and 18. The Youth Department Convention Ministry is making plans for the K Chapel youth to attend and participate in the National Baptist Congress of Christian Education. This convention will be held in Kansas and Missouri on June the 22nd through the 28th. If you're interested in attending the convention, you must complete and return an interest form. These can be obtained in the Sunday School Children's and Indian Departments and should be returned there as well by Sunday, February the 2nd. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen, amen. Is Cara Page here? Since she's not, I just want you to know that Cara has been selected to attend the Council of Chief State School Officers Literacy Summit in Washington, D.C. States, districts, and schools across America have worked hard over the last decade to raise the bar in classroom with higher quality standards and aligned assessments to help all students succeed. If she's not here when you see her, congratulate her, please. That is a high honor. Congratulations, Carl. And if you don't know it, uh, by now, some of you already know that our dear brother and deacon, Claude Wilson, passed. That funeral is scheduled for next Saturday here at Cape Chapel at 11 o'clock. Please, if you have, find the time this week Please let the family know how much you care. Amen? Amen. Now, let us prepare for our benevolent offering. Good morning. And it's time for our benevolent offering. And believe me, it's for a good cause. I was told if you keep both hands closed, you can't receive anything. 
with open hand, God gives it to us. And it's okay for us to give back. Let us
Let us pray, our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, O Master. We give back to you what is yours. And all we know, it comes from your hand only. Father, take it and use it for the building of the gospel. And we thank you this morning, Father. Bless the bereaved families. And Father, bless the man who's going to break the bread this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, K.E. Chapel. At this time, we'd like to recognize our visitors. So with all visitors, will you please stand at this moment? All visitors, please stand and please remain standing. All visitors, thank you. On behalf of our pastor, Pastor Reginald M. Buckley and the entire church family or Cade Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, we welcome you with open arms and love from our hearts. We truly are grateful and thankful for your presence. When we realize you could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here with us this morning, a place where we worship, connect, grow, and we serve. So if you're looking for a church home, this is the place to be. But before you sit down now, we want to give you something special you can only receive here at Cade Chapel. And I want to think of this as a love song. It's also time for our fellowship.
Good morning, Cave Chapel. You know, each Sunday when you see my lovely face at this time, you know that it's time for you to receive information on those that are in need of your prayers. Your calls and any support that you can offer. Listen, let us continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Sister Tanya Bridgman lost her uncle, Mr. Henry Fields. The funeral, funeral arrangements are incomplete at this time. As stated before, Lin, Sister Linda Wilson lost her husband brother, and our brother, Brother Claude Wilson. That funeral will be held next Saturday here at Cave Chapel at 11 o'clock. Sister Gloria Hawkins lost her brother-in-law, Mr. James Burrell. That funeral was held on yesterday in Bentonia, Mississippi. Mr. Burrell was also the first cousin of Deacon Thomas Owens and uncle of Sister Shirley Owens. Now, if you remember on last week, I reported that Sister Jerry Thornton and Sister Carol, Carolyn Bowen, while en route to their uncle, Mr. Johnny Lee Moorhead's funeral in Florida, they received word that his brother, Mr. Moses Moorhead, had passed and that their aunt, Miss Betty Moorhead, was in the hospital. Well, since then, Miss Betty Moorhead has passed. The funeral for Mr. Moses Moorhead and Miss Betty Moorhead will be held next Saturday, February 1st, at St. Matthew Church of God in Christ at 1 o'clock p.m. in Yazoo City, Mississippi. The aunt of Deacon Thickpen, Miss, and help me if I pronounce this wrong, Luversa Thickpen passed last, Lavera Thickpen passed last week. The funeral arrangements are incomplete at this time. We also ask that you would be in prayer for Sister Anita Shaw and the Shaw family. For they lost two loved ones last week, Miss Mamie Johnson and Mr. Cleo O'Banner of Long Beach. And Sister Anita Shaw also has a brother-in-law that is in ICU at the Baptist Hospital, and his name is Sam Jennings. Continue to pray for those that have recently lost loved ones. As you know, Reverend Daryl Harrington and Brother Jerome Harrington lost their sister, Sister Annette, Annette Ficklin Robinson. That memorial service was held on yesterday. Sister Ficklin was also the stepsister of Reverend Shirley Harrington and Sister Ober Porter. Sister Frances Mack lost her mother, Miss Johnny Young. That funeral was also held on yesterday in Canton, Mississippi. We still have in the hospital Sister Aletha Lewis and Reverend Michael Jones is in rehab. We're going to ask that you continue to pray for those that are recovering at home. Brother Kenny Williams, Sister Lula Cheatham, Sister George Price, Mr. Levi McBride, Coach Walter Griffin, and Brother Frank Blonson and Sister Ruth Dale. And I have two cards here and I won't read the whole card it says 
I hope all the good you do comes back to you. That comes from Brother Kenny Williams, and he is at home. We have another card that comes from the Bell family. It says, you're always ready to step up and help out. Thanks for all you do. This comes from Mary, Karen, and Kathleen Bell. And as I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Amen. It's an offering period. Now let us hear a word from the Lord. Receive and bless these gifts in our lives, O God, which are which we offer in response to your steadfast love. As your son Jesus transformed people's lives, so may the lives of others be transformed through these gifts, through our love, and through your, our witness. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
spirit of the living God lives within us. His spirit lives in us. Hallelujah. his name. Oh, bless his name. Thank you, young people. You have been ministering powerfully this morning under the anointing of the Most High, and we thank God. That's right. Come on and bless them. Y'all have been ministering. That's right. They, they hadn't just been singing. They've been ministering. Amen. They've been ministering, and we thank God for that. That's right. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We felt what you were saying. Amen, amen. And if you didn't feel it, check yourself. Amen, because it wasn't them, I promise you. Amen, they did their job. God bless you. And in a wonderful, marvelous, mighty way to God be the glory for the things he has and is doing with the young people here at K Chapel. I want to invite your attention to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. While you're turning there, let me take just a moment and say a word of thanks and gratitude to our health ministry. Last Sunday, we had an incident here in the sanctuary, and our health ministry performed dutifully and very well. I want to thank you for responding in the very fine way that you did. I understand that the young lady is recovering, and so we give God glory honor and praise for all things, for he makes all things well. Amen? Amen. And again, thank you to our health ministry. Congregation, you can be of help to us uh, when situations like that occur. Uh, what I need you to do, what we need you to do, is stay in your seats if you're not a part of the health ministry. Amen. <laughs> you're not a part of the health ministry, you're not a part of the ushers. Stay seated, pray with us, 
let them do their jobs. Amen. They know what they're doing. They've been trained to do it. And all we need is a little space for them to work and space for us to pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And we'll let the Lord do the rest. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10. These words are recorded. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I know you wanted me to say more, but that's all I got. Verse 10, as every man hath received, you may be seated, the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That being said, I want to talk from the subject this morning, faithfully handling God's grace. Faithfully handling God's grace. It looks like you're in a mood to be taught this morning, and I'm a mood, in a mood to do some teaching. That means you might not say many amens, and I'm all right with that because I'm in lecture mode anyhow. I want to do a little teaching this morning. Amen? Uh, grace, 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 grace. We, we, we know... Uh, that grace, grace, grace is not just that thing you say before you eat. But grace, grace, theologically speaking, is the unmerited favor of God. Grace, grace is God giving to us that which we do not deserve. Grace, grace is God looking at you and yet looking beyond you and blessing you anyhow. I know none of you don't, you, you think you deserve everything you get, but, but a few of us in here are grace cases, and, and we don't mind admitting that God has been good to us in spite of ourselves. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Uh, an acrostic helps us to understand what grace is. An acrostic that says, God's riches at Christ's expense. Keep that up for a moment. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Undeserved favor, God's riches, unearned riches, unmerited blessings of the Lord speak to the reality of what grace is. And if you are a Christian, if you are a born-again believer, then you are a product of grace. Uh, songwriter said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I want, yeah, you can point to yourself. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I am a product of God's amazing grace. But not only am I a product of God's amazing grace, but I am also, watch this, I am a possessor of God's amazing grace. Not only am I a product of grace, but I possess God's grace. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning about what it means to be a steward of God's grace. How do you, if God has given you this amazing grace, what does he expect of you and how does he expect for you to handle it? How do you handle this unmerited favor? What do you do and how do you deal with these, these undeserved riches that God has prospered and blessed you with? What does it mean to look and be faithful to God's grace? 
being faithful, my brothers and sisters, I'm, a, I'm not going to be long this morning. Being faithful in my stewardship of God's grace means, first of all, that grace is received humbly. Grace is received humbly. It is received humbly. First Peter, back to our, 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 our text, First uh, Peter 4 and 10. As every man hath received the gift. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As every man hath what received the gift. First of all, then I must recognize that grace has not been earned by me, but has been freely given to me. I have received the gift. And and this gift is not a reward for me living a good life. Rather, it is a gift to help me live a good life. Wish I had a witness in here. Paul writes, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I cannot boast about being saved because my salvation is the gift of God. It is his grace through my faith and his grace that got me saved. That got you saved. If you're saved, it's not because... Of you is because of his grace, your faith, that he saved any of us. And we humbly receive grace. It means I cannot boast in how good I am or how worthy I think I am. Grace is a gift of God. It is not of works. I cannot boast in how God uses me for his glory. And whatever my gift is, I humbly receive it and I use it for his glory. And if somebody thinks that I'm doing a great job, guess what? I don't take the credit to God be the glory for what he has done. Do I have a witness in here? And when you get, listen, this is real dangerous because if you get caught up in how God is using you and think that it's because of you that God is using you, you will find yourself being miss, missing out on the unmerited favor of God. It's not because of you. Don't you know God could use anybody he chooses to use you? He could use anybody to do what he wants to do, yet he chose you. And so I don't brag or boast on anything that I do. I give God the glory because he chose me I humbly receive the gift of grace tell your neighbor you got to be humble quit bragging on yourself you got to be humble come down bring it down a notch you got to be humble I, I I know somebody told you were all that and you good but you ain't all that you good but but there are other people who can do what you do there are, there are people who not as and going to school as long as you have who God can still use to do some of the stuff that you do don't get too caught up in yourself and on yourself and think that can't nobody do what you do but you no grace is a gift that we humbly receive, recognizing that for whatever reason, God chose you. He chose you to be deacons, to be preachers. He chose you to be mothers. He chose you to be a, he chose you in whatever capacity. You, he chose you. Do I have a witness here? All right, number two, number two. I told you I'm just going to teach uh, number two, number two, properly handling grace requires that it is not only received humbly, but secondly, that it is appropriated faithfully. 
appropriate it faithfully. Go back to our text for the morning, 1 Peter 4 and 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. The message here is this, that if God has entrusted you with a particular gift, and remember we said a few Sundays ago that if you're in the body of Christ, you have a gift. He's given everybody a gift, some severally, some many, some few. Everybody has a gift of some sort, and that gift is meant to be a benefit and a blessing to the body of Christ. So, so whatever he has given you to do and entrusted that particular gift within you, make sure that you not only humbly receive it, but that you appropriately use it. He says, use it in service to others. What does that mean? That means that God did not give you your gift just for you. He did not give you your gift just to make you somebody, just, just to lift you up, just to, to make people look at you. No, he did not give you your gift for you. He gave you your gift for the body, that the body might benefit. Apostle Paul explains it like this in 1 Corinthians 12 and 4. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. Verse 5, there are different ways to serve the same Lord, and we can each do different things, yet the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything that we do. Verse 7, the Spirit has given each of us a special way in serving others. And then he goes on to explain that we are all members of one body and that as members of the same body that no member is more important than the other member. That's when he says, can the eye say to the foot, I have no need of thee? Can the head say, y'all remember that, don't you? In other words, there are no members that are bigger or more important than other members. I ought to have four or five more amens than that. There are no members that are, more big, that are bigger or more important than other members. Amen? Um, uh, and and whatever, whatever God has given you a gift to do, it is to serve a purpose in the body of Christ. Let, let, me, let, me, let me use an example. You, 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 many of you have a, uh, that, that long strip power cord that you plug different things in at home, a surge protector. Uh, Powell told me it's called a surge protector press. Uh, don't call it a power strip. It's a surge protector. And, and so it's a, when you plug all those different appliances, y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what a surge protector is. You, you know, the, the power bar, the power strip. Told y'all I should have said a power strip. It's a power strip. And, and <laughs> you plug the power strip into the wall, and you click the button, and you plug everything in, and it all works. You know what I'm talking about? And if, if, it's in, if, it's in, if it's in the if it's in the kitchen, you got a power strip, you can plug anything into that power strip, and as long as it doesn't trip your 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 your, your wattage, you're good. You you as long you can plug it, you can plug in six things into that power strip, plug it into the wall, and those six things will work. That means you can plug your blender, you can plug your toaster, you can plug your microwave, any other three things you got, your coffee maker, you can plug all that in to the strip. Watch this, and they all work. But the coffee maker doesn't do what the blender does. And the blender doesn't do what the toaster does. And the toaster doesn't do what the microwave does. They all do their own individual thing. But watch this. They're all connected to the same. Y'all missed it. They're all connected to the same power. And I can't trip on you because you're a microwave and I'm a toaster. I'm just going to be a toaster. I'm a toast toast. You microwave it because you can't toast it. If I put bread in you, you're going to make it soft. But I'm going to make it toasted. And we each do our own thing well. 
And God gets the glory because we all get the power from the same source. Wish I had a witness in here. There are many different members. We're in the same body. We're empowered by the same spirit doing our individual functions to the glory of God. Amen, somebody. We're doing it to the glory of God. And so grace is a gift that we appropriate faithfully. We do what God has gifted us to do, not looking at someone else, not wishing we had something else, but doing what God has gifted and created us to do. Thirdly, 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 grace, the way that you handle grace uh, faithfully is by making sure that grace is appreciated wisely. That grace is appreciated wisely. Romans chapter 6 verse 1, Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound God forbid. You see, Paul, Paul understood that, that, that some Christians would get saved, and if you told them uh, that, that salvation was a gift that you could never lose, that, that some of them would just start sinning again. Nobody here like that, but Paul knew that the people he was talking to, that there were some carnal Christians, that if you told them you couldn't do anything to lose your salvation, they'd say, perfect. And do what they wanted to do and then ask for forgiveness. And so Paul said, no, don't, don't use or misuse or misappropriate grace. You must appreciate grace for the precious gift that it is. Uh, 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 Paul, 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 Paul says, listen, don't you, watch this, don't use your salvation and the gift of grace as an opportunity to sin. Don't, don't, don't use your time because you know that you won't lose your salvation. Don't lose your time looking for ways to sin. Says if we're really saved and if we're really servants of righteousness, then we won't lend the members of our bodies to the devil and to doing evil. That would be a misappropriation and an unappreciation of the gift of grace. Grace is not given to us so that we may sin, but grace is given to us so that we might live a victorious life free from the burden of the law, which none of us could completely fulfill. That's why Jesus came. Jesus is the only one who lived a life and never sinned. That's why John looks at him one day and says of him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why? Because this man will live 33 years and never commit sin. And remember, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, which means, which means watch this, that the sin debt had to be paid. But you and I could not pay that debt. And sometimes we, we talk about it and we use the wrong terminology, really. We, we get happy to, to, to think about the fact that, that Jesus took our sin debt but, and, and we start saying and he canceled the debt. Well, the debt wasn't really canceled. The debt was just paid for. See, when you cancel a debt, you forget that it's old. But no, he paid for this. And the cost was the spilling of his blood. The cost was the giving of his life. He paid for our sin debt because we could not pay it. Are y'all hearing me? See, you missed your shout. If there was going to be a shout, that was it right there. He paid for our sin debt because we could not. That's why the songwriter said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Do I have a witness in here? 
Yes, yes, yes. So since Jesus did that for us, we then are not asked to live a life according to the law and keeping the law and fulfilling the law. The law has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. What he says now is live a life in and under grace. Because grace says, watch this, I have paid the cost, the penalty for your sin. And you at some point, and I at some point, we are going to sin. I know there's some new strains and strange theologies and practices out there today and new strands of, 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 of faiths that suggest that we can live up to the law and, and keep ourselves saved by keeping the law. The devil is a lie. The only person I know who could keep the law is Jesus himself. He said, I've come to fulfill the law. And because he fulfilled it, I don't have to try to. I just accept what he already did and live a life under grace. Grace means, watch this, grace means that I recognize that at some point I'm going to blow it. And when I do, I don't have to give up. When I mess up, I don't have to give up. When I miss the mark, I don't have to throw down my faith. No, because Jesus is my foundation. It is on him and his sacrifice that my salvation exists. Fourthly, fourthly, properly handling the grace of God means that, that, that grace is affirmed wholeheartedly. Grace must be affirmed wholeheartedly. What, what, what do I mean? Remember Paul, Paul before he was Paul, uh, he, he, was, he was a persecutor of the church named Saul. And Saul... Uh, was changed one day on a Damascus road. After he was changed and converted, he got a new name, Paul. And Paul went on missionary journeys all across uh, Asia and, and Greece and, and all of the Mesopotamia. He went, up, he, he went all of these journeys preaching the gospel. But no matter where he went, Perry, there were people there who remembered who he was. And before he could even start preaching, they started murmuring. I believe that's, I believe that's Saul. You know how y'all do. Yeah, he got a suit on, but that's still. He ain't fooling nobody. I know who. And, and so before he could even preach good, they had already started talking about who he was and his past. And, and Paul, for a while, he, he would defend and try to validate and affirm his apostleship. He, he would always defend who he was and how he was transformed and how he was converted. But, but sooner or later, at some point, evidently, Paul got tired of trying to validate himself. And he comes to the point in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where he says, listen, I, I, I'm not going to do this anymore because the more I do this, the more I have to. And so finally he says in, in verse 9 of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, he says, for I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be able to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, 
which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Paul says, listen, I, I, I can't keep going through the rest of my life trying to explain to you why I can preach and why I can represent the body of Christ. No, he says, listen, I, I can't explain it. All I can say is by his grace. It doesn't make sense to you, but by his grace, I am what I am. His grace changed me. His grace changed me. His grace changed me. His grace changed His grace changed me. And I'm not going to defend the change that his grace made in my life. If you celebrate it, wonderful. If you don't celebrate it, I ain't got time for you. I got to move on because I am what I am by his grace. Okay. Okay, I knew y'all weren't going to get it, so, so let, let, let me explain it to you this way. Let me explain it to you this way. My, 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 wife, my wife was out of town this, week, y'all, this weekend, and, and, and uh, I, I, I was going to make sure that she came home to a clean house, Kevin. And so, and so I started washing clothes. And, and I know how to wash clothes. I've been washing clothes since I was a teenager. Washing clothes ain't nothing new for me. I know how to wash clothes. So I was going to wash a load of, couple of clothes of white clothes, and I put the white clothes in and put my detergent in, put my bleach in, hot water, hot, put it on regular, rinse, set it, forget it, go on. I went on. And uh, cycle was over, came to the washing machine, got the white clothes out, put them in the dryers, taking them out, got all the white clothes out, at the bottom of the washer bill, I saw an ink pen. And, and I knew that wasn't good. It was a blue ink pen and a load of white clothes. That's never good. But, but, but as I went through my mind, I, th- I thought about that. I just put all these clothes in the dryer, and I didn't see any, any ink anywhere. And I looked at the pen, and it, it, the, the capsule was still tight and everything. And so I said, well, maybe, maybe the Lord just spared me. Grace. Yeah, grace, grace. He knew I was going to be preaching about grace. He said, I'm going to show you, give you an example of grace. And so I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for this grace because I had all these clothes in here and I didn't want. And so I went on because I didn't see anything uh, that, that had any ink on it. And then after the dryer finished, I went and got my clothes. And, and shirt after shirt, T-shirts, had ink on them. Shirt after shirt. No, it wasn't in the dryer. It was in the washer. I just didn't see what had already happened. Now, that happened to those shirts. There were some other shirts in there, B. These were my undershirts. They throw them away. But my dress shirts, they were in there, too. One of them I'm wearing right now. The other one I wore at 8 o'clock. The other one is right here. And all three of them came out perfectly white. I can't explain 
why shirts in the same water and the same washer at the same time, some get ink spots and some do not. But that's what grace is. You can't explain why stuff happens the way it is. And rather than trying to explain it, I've learned to just accept it. That God's favor is God's favor. And some of you would do well this morning to just stop explaining to folk why you got what you got and, and why you're blessed the way you're blessed and, and why God is doing in your life what he's doing in your life. I can't explain it. I don't know why, but I accept it as his unmerited favor. By his grace, I am what I am. It doesn't make sense. And some of you know, some of you know, some of you know. You've been in some of the same situations that some of the other folk have been in. And this is one good example for why you need not hold your nose down at some people because of the condition that they're in. Because if truth be told, you in the same washing machine that they were in. You in some of the same waters they were in. You in some of the same mess they were in. They came out with ink. You came out clean. You ought to just thank God this morning. Because were it not for the grace of God, do I have a witness in here? It was not because you've been so good. It's just because God kept you when you couldn't keep yourself. God separated you from stuff and you didn't know what was going on, but he kept you clean when you couldn't keep yourself. God is a God of grace. If God could give us this illustration and show us that ultimately it's not about you. You've been in some of the same places. I'm going to come down your row in a minute since you want to clam up on me. You, you, you've tasted some of the same spirits. I'm, I'm just trying to keep it clean right now. You, you, you've been in some of the same situations and yet God let you. And that ain't cause of you. That's called grace. I wish I had some help in here. That's called great by his grace. I am what I am. Somebody put some peroxide. They told me peroxide to take that out. Y'all try to clean that. <laughs> bless you, bless you. By his grace, I am what I am. Last thing and I'm through. By God's grace, lastly, being a good steward of God's grace means that grace is extended liberally. Grace is extended liberally. The writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, says this. Strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it many become defiled. The writer of Hebrews reminds us of this. Watch this. That if it's possible, Paul says it this way. As much as liveth within you, as much as possible, live in peace with one another. He, he says, listen, if... if if you have it within you, if you, if you have the ability to create peace in a chaotic situation, then go ahead and make peace. If, 
if, if, if you know that a phone call would get everything back on track, go ahead and make the phone call. If, if you know that, that, that taking the person out to lunch and having a, a, a five-minute conversation will put everything back the way it used to be, So y'all don't want to be taught. Y'all want to be preached to. Y'all, yeah. as much as living, as much as possible, live in peace. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying too. He says, "Strive for peace with everyone." But then watch this. He says, verse fifteen: "See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it. Watch this. See to it that you do not fail to extend grace." To others. See to it that you do not fail to be gracious. Where God has been gracious to you, make sure that you are also a demonstrator of that grace. Jesus tells the parable, I'm through, but Jesus tells the parable to make the point of the unmerciful servant. You remember the parable, Jesus said there was a man who owed a king a lot of money. And the king called him in to pay him the money. He said, I don't have it. The king forgave him that debt. It was a huge debt. Made, let's say it was $10,000, and, and the king forgave that debt. The man left the king's palace and, and saw his friend, and his friend owed him $10, and he choked his friend because he owed him $10. He said, pay me my money. He said, I ain't got it. He said, I'm, I'm cho and, he, and he said, I'm sending you to jail. You ain't got my money. Word got back to the king and said, didn't you let that fella go? He owed you $10,000 and you let him go? You forgave the debt? He said, yeah. He said, guess what? I just saw him around the corner on, on Eminence Row and he was choking somebody because he... <laughs> around the corner on Eminence Row. And he was all up in his face talking about, give me my $10. He said, bring, bring him over here. Let me, let me see. He said, didn't I forgive you $10,000? He said, yeah. And you choking that fellow on Eminence Row for $10? He said, yeah. He said, no, nah, man, that, that's not right. If I could be gracious to you in forgiving you your debt, how dare you be so unmerciful and ungracious over such a small debt that somebody owes you? And that, that, that's the point of the, the, this, this writer in Hebrews. All he's saying is extend mercy and do it liberally. As God has been faithful in forgiving you, you extend forgiveness to somebody else. As God has been patient in giving you an opportunity to change, you be patient in giving others opportunities to change. If God has allowed you another chance, why can't you allow Somebody else, another chance. Who told you three strikes you out? Who told you that? Who told you that was good? Who told you that was good relationship practices? No. We make mistakes. Make mistakes. Be gracious to one another. Live in grace, practice grace, extend grace, use grace faithfully, the grace of the gifts that God has given to you, and then be a good steward of all that he has placed in your trust. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you his peace.
If you're here this morning, the doors of the church are open. And all that means is this, is that this is an opportunity, this is a moment when you can respond to God's grace. It is amazing. And you have an opportunity now to respond simply by saying, Lord, I receive this grace. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, you've never opened your heart to him, you've maybe done church before, but you've never really done relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that's what this moment is. And if you're here, the invitation is extended to you. We want you to come right now. We'll meet you down here. We'll pray for you. We'll lead you into that relationship. It's amazing grace. Come on and experience it. Doors of the church are open. You can come now by letter. Christian experience as a candidate for baptism. Come now, come now. That saved a wretch. Saved a wretch, saved a wretch. Wretch like me. Stand. He comes with the testimony. Hmm. Hey, everybody. Well, I made it back. And, um, thank you. 
I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone here. Thank y'all so, so much. Um, from the children's department who sent me the lovely cards for Thanksgiving, that was awesome. Thank you. And these humongous boxes that showed up from the music department slash cantata slash the rest of y'all. Why y'all send me so much Vaseline? <laughs> Everybody I know got a job. So thank you. My feet look good because of y'all. <laughs> and just thank y'all for everything, all the help y'all did with the family and all of that. And I have a little token to present to y'all just to say thank you because you didn't have to do what you did, but you did. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Buckley, we have a flag that was flown over our mission. And we decided to present this. We'll read the plaque. Said this is to certify the accompany American flag was flown on the third day of December 2019 in your honor aboard a C-130H aircraft during combat submissions in Kuwait and Egypt. This flag is, is presented to K Chapel MB Church. Your love and kindness did not go unnoticed. Flown on behalf of myself, Technical Sergeant Jerome Shelton, the men and women of the 77, 777th Expeditionary Airlift Squadron and the crew of the Chrome 66 while deployed in Southwest Asia supporting America's war on terrorism through Operation Inherit Resolve and Freedom Sentinel. United States Air Force. <laughs> Others are coming for prayer. And always, I'm going to ask you to take the hand of the person next to you and let us join in prayer together. And I'm going to ask Reverend Harris if he would administer this prayer. Oh, heavenly and precious Father, God, our maker and our creator, we come to you, O Lord, acknowledging, Lord, that you are God and that you have all power in your hand. For there is nothing impossible for you. Lord, we lift these persons up before you, Heavenly Father God. Lord, they have either personal illness or illness in their family, Heavenly Father. Lord, you know their condition. You know all about it, little Heavenly Father God. We ask right now that you just touch them, O Lord, with your power, Heavenly Father God. And because we know that you never fail, Heavenly Father God. We claim it right now in the precious Son, your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. And for his sake we pray. Amen.
Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for this day. It is your grace, a work of grace that we celebrate. Truly, how gracious were you in giving your son for our sin. How gracious in you loving the world that you gave your only begotten son. How gracious that he was willing to put his own desires aside so that yours would live in his life. He said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from my lips. Nevertheless, not mine will, but thine be done. How gracious. How gracious that he died on a cross in our place. God, we pray now that as we are indeed products of grace, that we would be imitators and distributors of that same grace. In our relationship with others, in our actions, in our words, our deeds, pray, O oh God, that we would move and think and live by grace. That we would be forgiving of one another, patient with each other, and allowing the other room to grow into who you are calling them to be. Let us be people of grace. God, now we ask as we prepare now to take of this bread and drink of this cup that you would shine the light from heaven upon our souls. If we find anything that should not be, oh God, we give you complete permission and absolute access. Take it out, remove it from us. And oh God, we ask that you would fill it now with more of your presence and more of your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us break bread together on our knees. Let us break bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, drink wine together. If there's anyone here with a gluten sensitivity, if uh, for whatever reason the gluten is an issue for dietary reasons, we do have gluten-free wafers. If you will identify yourself by the raising of your hand and Deacon Gentry, uh, will serve you gluten-free wafers. We don't want anyone not participating uh, because of a gluten sensitivity, and so these are available. Simply raise your hand, identify yourself, and you will be served accordingly.
us praise God. Let's break bread together. took bread, break it, and blessed it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And he took the cup and blessed it, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering. Till he comes again, let us drink together. When they finished, they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives.
Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, amen. God bless you. Go in peace.